Happy Father's Day weekend to you. Happy Father's Day. If, um, if I could choose any weekend I'd get to be with you, I think it would either be Father's Day weekend or in the book club. Would it be great to do both? Yes. I, I, I'm just kind of hinting. Uh, the reason Father's Day weekend uh, is so special to me is I believe, uh, like never before, as God is our Father, it's really our nation is in need of, of godly fathers, godly representation. And, and it's interesting to me that Mother's Day, the moms are celebrated. Moms, you're amazing. You're incredible. Father's Day, the dad's like, you're not good and you need to be better. That's often what we hear. And so what I want to do is I want to bring a word of hope and encouragement to our fathers, show our love and admiration and believe that together we can even get better. I am a dad, and believe it or not, I am a granddad of one. I've got six of my own kids. My wife, Amy, has given me six kids. People say all the time, do you guys know what causes that? And the answer is yes, we do, and we're unwilling to give it up. <laughs> and all God's people said amen. amen. They say you must love kids. I like kids. I love my wife <laughs> a lot. And uh, what's most dear to my heart is that my children are passionate about serving Jesus. They're passionate. My two oldest serve in our church in ministry. All of my kids serve every weekend in the church. Um, there's, this, there's this longing, and it's not, that, it's not that we did anything right or that we're brilliant as parents, but what happened is the church helped raise our kids. The positive influence of the church made them really what they are today. Um, in fact, my youngest daughter is very dear friends with Olivia, Pastor Levi, Jenny's uh, daughter, when they're here playing this weekend as we're together. And what's so special to me is to see their bond in serving Jesus together. Uh, Joy, she is the youngest, and she asked me the other day, she said, Dad, could, is it possible that I could be the senior pastor of Life Church? And I said, well, you know, if God wants it, you know, you know, but it's only if God, she said, so you're telling me it's possible. I said, baby, if God wants it, all things are possible with God. She said, so you're telling me it's possible that I could be the next senior pastor of Life Church. I said, it's possible. She said, great, Dad, then you better sleep with one eye open. <laughs> and that's what she told me. True story. Amy said, you can't disrespect your dad like that. Don't wish your dad ever to die. You can want him to retire one day. And so she said, okay, I want him to retire one day. She came and she said, Dad, you, you can retire when I'm 20. I'm 13 today. That's seven years you got left. You better make him good. You better make him good. So I don't know what to do with that, but that's what it is. Uh, let, let's dive in today. I want to talk to the fathers, but more so, I want to talk to Fresh Life Church. You have influence. Elbow the person next to you and say, you've got influence. You got way more influence than you realize. We want to talk about how do we influence the emerging generation that they would have faith that is on fire. I want to start in Psalm uh, 112 and read a few verses starting in verse 1, and then we're going to get practical. Is it okay if we get a little practical today? We're going to, we're going to get real practical. Uh, this is what Psalm 112 verse 1 says. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. What does the text say about the children? Their children will be what? They will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They'll be successful everywhere. They themselves will be what? They will be wealthy 
and their good deeds will last forever. How amazing would it be if our children were not only financially blessed to be a blessing, but people would talk about their works and their good deeds. They would be uh, remembered forever. They would be generous and compassionate and righteous. What if we raise a generation who are incredibly generous-minded, who see what they have as not just a blessing for themselves, but a blessing to be a blessing to other people, that they're compassionate, caring for the needs of those who are hurting and righteous, living separate in order to serve Jesus. Then the text says uh, that they're, they're, those who are righteous will be long remembered, will be long remembered. What if we could raise a generation that is generous, is righteous, is compassionate, their deeds would be long remembered for the glory of God. Since uh, the average age at Fresh Life is considerably younger than my age, I am more mature and seasoned, I can now talk about what things used to be like. I used to always hate when people did that, now I'm one of those things that I hate. Uh, many of you don't know what it used to be like. Things have changed a lot since my day. Back years ago, when things were much wilder than they are today, there used to be something known as a high dive, high diving board. Is anybody old enough to remember a high dive? They don't have high dives anymore in most places, but you were allowed to jump off the high dive. We were allowed to get in the drainage pipe underneath my street and wander to the other side of the street, and we literally could go out for hours and hours and hours without a cell phone, without our parents knowing where we were, and all we had to do was be home by dark. Those were the good old days. There was actually a day where we used to ride in the back seat of the car, and there was a window seal where you could climb up in the window seal and lay down flat across it. Most of you wouldn't remember that, but you could sit in the front seat, and you didn't even wear a seat belt. You could be in the back of a pickup truck with about 22 other kids going to a baseball game. I do not recommend that for your safety, but that's the way we did it. In the front seat, you could sit there without a seat belt. Again, not the wisest thing, but your seat belt was not something that strapped over you. It was actually your mom who sat next to you. Anybody remember what I'm talking about? And whenever you would hit a stop, stopping place, what would your mom do? She would, boom! And she would keep you safe. In fact, many say that's exactly how they came up with the airbag. There was a kid who was riding with his grandma. And you know how when you get older, you get those dingly things there? And, 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 and the story goes that it was this kind of, can you get out an airbag idea? Maybe that's not how it happened. But anyway, that things have changed a lot when we were kind of daring and risky. Now it's more of a, you know, put your um, helmet and knee pads and L pads and sunscreen before your kid goes out to check the mail. You know, uh, don't let the teacher use a red pen because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and let's make sure everybody wins and they get a trophy just for participating. And unfortunately, even though there are so many great things about the emerging generation, what an overprotective us, me, my generation, has unknowingly uh, created is a fearful generation that literally we have a lot of young adults applying uh, for jobs at Life Church. It's been multiple times where they've showed up with a mom or a dad who has tried to sit in the interviews. We have a lot of people, and maybe you see it, I don't know about in this part of the country, but when they turn 16, they just don't want to drive. They're too afraid to drive. And literally, I've seen it multiple times where you know, a 20-year-old is nervous to make a phone call because they just haven't developed those skills. And I want to talk to you about how do we rightly expose our kids to the right environments that don't create idiots, but also don't create fear, but instead create these faith-filled, passionate 
people that imagine the description would be that their children are successful. They're godly, they're, they're generous, they're compassionate, and they are righteous. How do we do that as dads, and more so than even just dads, as, as a church? How do we create those environments? Well, let's talk about what culture teaches, and then let's contrast what culture teaches to what God is calling us at Fresh Life and beyond to do. What does culture say is success? Their children were successful everywhere. Culture says that success is raising well-rounded, well-educated, and happy kids. Wouldn't you agree that culture says, let's raise, raise well-rounded, even though well-rounded people don't change the world, but people who are really good at a few things change their well, Well-rounded, well-educated, and there's nothing wrong with education. I have um, more than one degree and a master's degree, and so nothing wrong with education. But Jesus said, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul when a highly educated kid is the goal versus a highly transformed child? Maybe we're missing the mark. And, and then we want them to be happy kids, happy kids. We want our children to be happy, 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 happy. We just want them to be happy. We don't, don't want to hurt their feelings. Don't want to tell them the truth. Don't want to give them the feedback. Don't want to ever tell them no. We, just, we don't want to do anything that would make them not happy because we're bowing down at the altar of happiness. Even though scripture never ever said, be happy because I am happy, but be holy because I am holy. Culture tells us that success is raising well-rounded, well-educated, and happy kids. We believe that God is calling us to something different. We believe that God is calling us to something better, to something that lasts. We believe that one day people would look at our children and say they are successful everywhere they go. They are wealthy, they are blessed, they are generous, they are compassionate, they are righteous, their good deeds are remembered even after they are here. While culture tells us one thing, scripture tells us something else. I would submit to you today that this is what we are called to do. We are called to unleash Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers. The world says we're all about well-rounded, well-educated, and happy. God says we're called to something more, Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers. I know what some parents are thinking right now, going, dear God, I just want to take a nap. That's a lot of work. Christ, what was that again? Christ-centered. Biblically, what? Anchored, I don't even know how to do that. I don't know where my Bible is. World changers, I just don't want to kill my kid today. It's a good day, the kid's alive. You know, that sounds like a lot, right? I mean, we're just, we're just trying to pay the bills, we're trying to get through life. How in the world do we do that? How do we, I mean, it sounds kind of, yeah, 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 but how do we do it when it's so often so difficult just to keep our kids off drugs? just to keep our kids from giving in to peer pressure, just to keep them, to just give them some sense of an identity of who they are, that they're not being shaped by what everyone else says. When I wanna talk to you dads on this Father's Day, and all of you as leaders and as Jesus followers, I wanna to talk to you about managing exposure, managing exposure, why does this matter? Um, our children are becoming a reflection of what they are exposed to. In other words, we could say this, what we expose them to determines what they become. What they see determines how they think. How they think determines how they behave. What, what they're exposed to is determining 
who they become. If we expose them to a lot of sports, they're going to have an understanding of sports and likely be passionate about sports. If we expose them to um, the arts, they might have an appreciation for the arts, an understanding of the arts and language uh, to explain it. Proverbs says it this way, essentially illustrating what we expose them to determines what they become. Walk with the wise. If we walk with the wise, we become wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. If we expose them to the right influences, the right people, the likelihood of them growing into the right things increases. If on the other hand, we are hands off, more laissez-faire, more passive, and let them flow into whatever direction they go, and they're exposed to the wrong people, or in the wrong places, exposed to the wrong environments, then a companion of fools will suffer harm. What we expose them to helps shape who they become. And I wanna talk to you about how we do this because let's be honest, dads, naturally speaking, you send them out the door and every day, just by the nature of culture, we are exposing them to negative and ungodly forces. Materialism, greed, an over-sexualized culture, natural prejudices, a worldly mindset. And though, dad, we cannot force them to fall in love with Jesus, what we can do is we can expose them to the right people, the right places, and the right environment that increases the likelihood that they would walk with the wise and become wise. Because our goal is not to raise well-rounded, well-educated, happy kids. We are called to so much more. We're called to unleash Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers. How do we do that? Right, let's talk today, Fresh Life, at all of our different campuses. Let's talk about three things to expose them to. The first thing, if you're taking notes, number, th number one is this. We're going to expose them to the joy of knowing God personally. We're going to expose them to the joy of knowing God personally. In fact, Jesus said this in John 17, 3. He said, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, God, the only true God, that they may know you, not know about you, but they may know you and Jesus Christ whom you sent. We want to expose them to the joy, the thrill of knowing God personally. In fact, I would argue that most kids coming up today, they are not rejecting Christianity as much as they are rejecting religion or hypocrisy. Okay? Jesus himself is pretty hard to reject. When you look at the teachings of Jesus, it's real hard to be against the teachings of Jesus. Jesus was talking about love. Jesus was talking about embracing people. Jesus is talking about giving and generosity and forgiving and blessing people and, and, and being a light in this world. People don't reject Jesus. What they reject is inconsistencies or hypocrisy that they often see in the home. In fact, what is rebellion? What produces rebellion. I'll tell you, parents, what produces rebellion it is rules without relationship. Yeah. Rules without relationship equals rebellion. If it's just a bunch of rules and you do this, rules without consistency or integrity increases the likelihood for rebellion. If I say, this is what I want you to do, but if Amy and I do not do it, the fastest way to turn our kids against the things that we would embrace is to live a life that doesn't reflect what we say that we believe. How do we expose them to knowing God personally? 
it starts, and I want to make this as practical, practical as I can, is just in everyday language of incorporating spiritual language into natural living. Because the truth is we never just naturally li we live. At every moment and every day, we exist in a natural world and a supernatural world. And I don't want to dis have dis distinctions between, well, this is spiritual and this is natural. I want to connect spiritual to the natural over and over again. For example, if my kid scores a great soccer goal, rather than saying, hey, that was a great goal, what I want to do is say, man, you worked really hard developing the gifts that God gave you. And today, you glorified God by bringing your best. So we're going to connect things. One of the things that I try to say over and over again to my kids is just simply this. Look at all the different ways that God has blessed us. In fact, when we were just flying here with my daughter Joy to come see our great friends and to be a part of this amazing church, I just said it to her. I said, can you believe how God has blessed us? And what I want to do is I want to create and connect the joy that they're experiencing in the moment to the goodness of a father in heaven who loves to give good gifts to his children. It's just incorporating, the, I don't have to wait until we get to church to help connect them to the joy of knowing God in this moment. And what I wanna do is I wanna help them, how do they get to know God? How, how do they practically get to know God? There are so many different ways, but I want them to get to know God's heart through prayer and I want them to get to know his will through his word. I want them to know his heart through prayer and his will through the word. Well, how do we get children passionate about the word and about prayer? Let's talk and start with prayer. Uh, we have six kids and we had occasional prayer time. They would pray every day at school. We home educated our kids. Some people say, well, you home educate your kids. They're going to be weird and, you know, wear dress, you know, homemade dresses and make their own butter. And I'll tell you right now, they look good in their dresses and the butter is delicious, okay? <laughs> and so they would pray daily like that. But we would have family prayer meetings where we'd kind of come together. And what I wanted to do is I didn't want it to be a religious have to, but I wanted it to be fun. So we had popcorn and prayer nights. There is a room in our house where you're not allowed to have food. If you eat food in that room, you will go to heaven sooner than you planned on going to heaven. <laughs> but on prayer nights, you're allowed to have popcorn in that room, and you have to eat popcorn before you pray. And suddenly, we're, we're popping popcorn, and we're praying. And if you think for a moment, oh my goodness, I want to be like that pastor's family, this holy moment for, for God. It was riot. There are people kicking each other. His feet stings. She farted. You know, he's peeking. Like, how do you know he's peeking? You're a prayer peeker peeker. You're peeking at the peeker. You know, so, and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And it's chaos, but what happens is we develop a this is what we do together. More important than just that is if you walk in the room early in the morning, you will see the mom on her face every single day praying. If you walk into my green room before I preach, you're going to see the mom and the dad joining hands every single week praying. Multiple times during the week, you're going to see it modeled. And so what happens is when they see it, they often catch it. If they hear it but don't see it, they're going to reject it. If they hear it and more importantly see it. So when they wanted a dog, and I wouldn't give them a dog because dogs are a lot of work. I like dogs. Dogs are better than cats. My opinion, cats are the devil. They walk by, they stick their tail up at you, and they show you things they should never show you. That's a whole other sermon. But dogs I'm open to, but I didn't want because of the work. My kids held a prayer meeting, a prayer, like a, you know, a prayer summit, and they prayed that God would give us a dog. 
and God is my witness. The very next day, we live out in the middle of nowhere, God is my witness, someone evidently dumped the cutest little puppy that God is my witness, true story, wandered up to our house and my kids came in and said, Dad, oh, look how the Lord has blessed us. <laughs> get to know the heart of God through prayer. Get to know the will of God through his word. If you ask my daughter Joy how many days her streak is, on um, the YouVersion Bible app, she'll tell you it's 223 days, and she'll tell you exactly where it is, and she does it every single day, and every single one of my kids reads scripture every single day, and let me tell you why they don't read it every day, because we have never, ever, one time, not ever said, this is what you should do. What happened is, they see dad doing it, and they see mom doing it, and so my oldest daughter, Katie, just thought, well, that's what we do. And so she does it. Then Mandy saw Katie doing it. And then Anna saw Mandy doing it. Then Sam saw Anna doing it. And then Stephen saw Sam doing it. I'm impressed I'm getting all my kids' names right and not messing up. And then Joy saw Stephen doing it. And it's a culture rather than an expectation. It's just what we do. And it starts with modeling it. And so through his word, and I'm telling you, Joy came in the other day, was talking about what God showed her in the word. She's doing four different plans. It's just a part of who we are. What we want to do is we want to expose them to the joy of knowing God personally. He's a God that speaks. He's a God that guides. He's a God that directs. And so we incorporate God. It's not an hour and a half on Sunday. It's a consistent way of living. We bring up conversations about God and all that we do. Dads, dads, dads. If you want them to see a father in God, let them see God in their father. Let them see the Spirit directing their Father. Let them see God transforming their Father to become a little bit more like Christ. We're called by God to unleash Christ-centered, biblically-anchored world changers. How do we do that? Number one, we expose them to the joy of knowing God perfect, personally. Number two, we're going to expose them to the presence and power of God in his church. We're gonna expose them to the presence and the power of God in church, at Fresh Life Church. Oh my goodness gracious. Can you believe that you get to be a part of something like this? Something that your kids love, something that your kids embrace, a place where God is working, where people are coming to Christ, where lives are being changed because of that. Be, be, even if you didn't have that, but because you have that, you even more so want to never ever have this be a question that's asked in your home. Never ever ever on any Sunday would someone come up in our home ever, 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 ever and say, Dad, are we going to church this weekend? <laughs> never, ever is that ever, ever a question. Just like no one comes up and says, Dad, are we planning to eat today? Are we planning to breathe? Be like Amy coming up to me and say, Want to make out tonight? Oh, let me pray about it. I'm not sure. No, no, no. We would never, no one would ever say, are, are we planning on going to church today? Because going to church isn't something we do. The church is who we are. And we're going to be where we are. We, we are going to be, if we're in town, we're in God's house. 
If we're out of town, we're online streaming it. It's our family, it's our fuel. Our kids don't want to miss it. In fact, when we're going to be gone for two weeks of summer to the lake, honest to goodness, they are so mad. Dad, why are you taking us away from church? I want to serve. I want to be in church. Because they want to hear from God. They want to experience God. They want to be around their friends who are networked into the church. Listen, school isn't optional. Dance isn't optional at what we pay a month. <laughs> Soccer practice is not optional. You're on the team, you go. Serving Christ and being involved where he's working in his house, it's not something we debate, talk about, should we go this weekend? We are there because this is, our lives revolve around it. It's not a destination, it's an identity. It's, it's who we are. They're, 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 notice what the text said we looked at earlier. It said, their children will be successful. Whose children? Not just mine, not just yours, theirs, meaning all of ours. When we do it together, when we work together, when we work together. My oldest daughter, who's in, serving in the kids' ministry now, she was a homeschooled kid, the oldest, and was nervous to go to our student ministry. She was afraid and, and hadn't been exposed to, you know, all that, that kind of crowd. And there was another lady in our church who said to her the same thing we'd been saying for 40 million years, but it's different when someone else says what you've been trying to say, and they said, with all that God has put in you, Katie, you would be robbing the church of being blessed by your presence. You need to get there and make a difference. And she's like, oh, I need to get there and make a difference. We said that 50 million times. Someone else says it, and it changes. Then we're blessed by that family. Amy goes and teaches a Bible study to about 15 junior high girls and blesses that family in return. There are about four, maybe five boys that call me dad. They call me dad not because I'm their pastor, but because they don't have a dad in their life and because honestly, they live at our house a lot of the time. What happens is it's my role to invest in them spiritually, to show them what it's like to have a man love a woman and lay down his life for her as Christ did for the church, to impart spiritual life, to live with integrity. And so literally, you may not have a biological child, but you can be a dad, you can be a mom, you can be an example there. Children will be successful. I tell our church all the time that who my children are is not a reflection of the parents that we were. Who they are is a reflection of the goodness of God through his church being the church to our children. We raise them together. Uh, what are we? We're Christ-centered, biblically anchored. We're releasing world changers. This is not going to happen if their highest goal is to have Yeezys, right? This is not going to happen if they define success by popularity on Instagram. It's not gonna happen if they define success by Fortnite kills. It's not, okay? This is not going to happen, listen to me, church, if we bring them to church once or twice a month. We, we are, there's a difference between being a Christian family. We're a Christian family. We're born in the United States of America. We're Christians. We're not Muslims. We're a Christian family. There's a difference between being a Christian family and being a Christ-centered family. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a lot of people that call themselves Christian families that are not here today. If you're Christ-centered, 
You're here. We're here. This is home. This is who we are. This is our fuel. This is the presence of God. This is his power. This, we, we offer him a corporate sacrifice of praise. We hear God's word together. We use our gifts. We give generously. We are the church. We are the, we're going to expose them to the joy of knowing God personally. We're going to expose them to the presence and power of God in the church. Number three, we're going to expose them to the thrill of being used by God. We're going to expose them to the thrill of being used by God. In fact, I want to read you some of the world changers from Fresh Life Church. Can I do that for just a moment? If you know them, you can cheer. If you don't know them, you can cheer because it's more fun when you cheer anyway. But let me tell you about Katie Nevin, who's 18 years old from Helena campus. This gal serves on the worship team, is a leader in school, leads on the worship team at school, and led worship this year at the state capitol during the National Day of Prayer. This is someone who owns the ministry of the church. It's in her, through her. She, she knows the thrill of being used by God to help connect people. Uh, Adrian Guido is nine years of age from Jackson. Nine years of age. Every week serves in gift services, holding up encouraging signs uh, and handing out the weekend handouts and sits up front like some crazy people here, adding energy in the room, giving life. Nine years of age, knows what it's like to be used by God. Uh, Kiani, I don't know if I can say this right, Gumutautau. I hope that's right. If not, you know my heart. 12 years of age from Salt Lake, uh, setting up and tearing down every week, getting in the game, being used by God, the thrill. Xander Gonzalez, 13 years of age, I love this, from Whitefish, Whitefish, Colton's campus. 5.30 a.m. wakes up his mom every single Sunday morning and rarely ever misses it, even though he has to get up at 5.30 a.m. serving on the production team. What do we have? We've got a deep passion. When our kids don't go to church, but they know they are the church, then they recognize the church doesn't exist for us, but we're the church and we exist for the world. It's not I'm going to mom and dad's church. Listen to me. They will outserve you, dad. They will outserve you, mom. They will outworship you and they will outgive you. When you give the ministry to them, when you serve together as a family, we don't just go to church, we use our gifts there. I love what Joshua 24 says, verse 14. Serve the Lord alone, scripture says. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today. Dad, choose it. Make a choice. Who are you gonna serve? I pray that out of your heart, passionate, born out of a deep spiritual conviction, you will say, of our family or whoever we influence. But as for me, somebody say, as for me. But as for me and my family, say my family. What are we going to do? Say it together. We will serve the Lord. As for me and my family, what are we going to do, Fresh Life? We will serve the Lord. We will. You lead to it, Dad. You don't hope for it. You don't wait for it. You don't just pray for it. You lead to it. We are a Christ centered family. This is what we do. I'm going to need a little help. What I want my family to know, if I am living in one of these campuses, in Portland, Great Falls, in Butte, in, in Billings, in, in Missoula, wherever I am, I want our kids to know why are we here. Kids, let me tell you why we're here. We exist to see those stranded in sin find life and liberty in Jesus Christ. I want our kids to know it's not about us. We are here to make Jesus famous. Children, 
invitations start now. Everything we do is infused with eternal purpose. What do we do, church? We bow before the battle. When we are weak, he is strong. We are snake birds. Oh, yeah, we are snake birds. We are harmless as doves, and we are cunning as serpents. We will risk the ocean. We take aggressive steps of faith, launching into deep waters so God can do more. What are we? We are a youth-led movement. We are, you are not the church of tomorrow, kids. You are the church of today. And we are calling an under-challenged generation to tap into their potential to do what? To change the world. Because we are not raising well-rounded, well-educated, happy kids, but Christ-centered, biblically-anchored world changer. You can do this, dads. It's in you. 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 The joy of knowing God personally, the presence and the power of God in his church, and the thrill of being used by God. What do we know? What do we know? You lead to it. You lead to it. Dads, you have more power than you can ever imagine. If you want them to see, I'll say it again, a father in our God, let them see the work of God in their father. And then through you and through us together, one day they'll look on. Their children, their children, our children, are successful everywhere. They're financially blessed. They are godly. They are generous. They are compassionate. They are righteous. And their good deeds are remembered ever. How did you do that? We did not do that. God did that through his people in his church. And that's why we celebrate the work of our heavenly father on this Father's Day as he transforms hearts. So, Father, we ask today in the name of Jesus that you would speak to every person at Fresh Life Church, all of our churches as you're reflecting today in prayer. I don't care if you're a dad or mom. I don't care if you're 12 years old. Those of you who say, I recognize I have influence, and I want to use what I have to influence others. God, use me. Use us, God, to unleash a generation of Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers. If you, that's the cry of your heart today, you choose. As for you, you make the choice. As for me and my household, we will choose the Lord. All of you who say, yes, I've got influence and I want to use it for the glory of God, would you lift up your hands right now? Just lift them high all over the place as we've got people at this amazing church saying yes. God, I pray that you would speak to every person here. God, for those who are maybe on the outside, I like Pastor Levi, I like the music, it's really cool, I love this place. God, they're kind of on the outside. I pray, God, that you would convict us now, that we would never be just a Christian family in name, but God, that we would be Christ-centered, that we wouldn't simply go to Fresh Life, I like going there, but we would recognize we are your church. God, stir us up. I pray, God, that every person would use their gifts to serve, God, I pray that every person would use what you've trusted to them to be a blessing, generous to the church, that your name would go out all over the world. God, may our children see us praying, see us seeking you through the word. And God, not because we say it, 
but because they see it, God, they will want it. I pray, God, that they would see us enjoying knowing you, that they would see us being used by you in the church, and they would see us being transformed by your power and your presence, that they would call on the same one who transforms. And together, God, you would conform us to the image of Christ. As you keep praying all the different churches today, there are those of you that you might say, man, that sounds pretty good, but I don't have it. I am not there. I don't even know for sure where I stand with God. I mean, I could kind of try, but that seems way too intimidating. I mean, I'm feeling drawn to God, but I'm obviously not good enough. And let me just tell you right now, you are not here by accident. You are here because our God loves you and because he brought you here. The reality is, apart from Christ, every single one of us, we have fallen short of God's standards. The Bible calls it very clearly sin. We've sinned. We've missed the mark. If any of you feel maybe guilty or not good enough, it's because we are guilty, because we're not good enough. And so naturally you might think, well, I need to try harder and do better. But the truth is we can never, ever be good enough, and we can never work our way to God on our own. And that's why I have good news to share with you today. It's called the gospel. The gospel means good news. And the good news is that God loves you so much that even though you were dead in your sins, he sent his son Jesus, who was perfect in every way. Jesus died on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins and God raised him from the dead so that anyone, and this includes you, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus would be saved. I believe at many different churches right now, there are those of you that are here because God wanted you here right now. Those of you watching at church online, you're here because it is your moment of salvation. All of our churches, those who say, yes, I need him. I need his grace. When you call on him, he'll hear your prayer, forgive your sin, and make you brand new. Every Fresh Life location and those online, those who say, yes, I need Jesus. I turn from my sins. I turn to him. Would you lift your hands high right now? Lift them up high. All of our churches. Those of you at church online, you just click right below me. And as we have people at all the different locations today surrendering to Christ, would you just join your hearts with those around you? Nobody prays alone. Everybody pray aloud. Pray, Heavenly Father, I surrender to you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Jesus, save me. Become my Lord. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you and serve you and follow you every day of my life. My life is not my own. I give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Would you worship big right now? Fresh Life worship God. Thanks so much for tuning into Fresh Life Church. Make sure to check out the Fresh Life app for more teaching, giving, ways to serve your community, and more.